0: We, we'll start. Uh, cool.
1: Yes. Who's okay. doing and uh, cut? <laughs> I am doing and action, bro. I am doing. Oh,
0: and bro. action, and action, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, okay. Our podcast, we need to know what we're saying, Chris. Hey,
0: Machan, Machan, sorry. <laughs> <dog>. <laughs> Please leave me. <laughs>
1: well, and action.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to and cut. A podcast on everything films brought to you by the Film Society of VIT Chennai. Our... Podcast is now available on all the streaming platforms like Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and many more. So, if you, uh, yeah, so Shrijit, why don't you go into the guest intro?
1: Yes, before we introduce guests, that was Chris Joy Kokat, the host, and this is Shivjit, the co-host. <laughs> we still need to figure out our whole intro plan. We still haven't done that, but yeah, the guests for today's podcast. So we have two new guests. And one returning panelist because, yay,
0: panelists panellists, are always Panelists, panelists. Yes, panelists
1: panellist. are always panelists. So, yeah. The returning guests, by the way, we'll introduce first, are Rahul Radhakrishnan.
2: Am I supposed to say hi there? Yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I, I thought you just introduced both of us and then I just say hello, like, at the end of it. Okay. I'll just say hi, now.
1: Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. And then we have Sandeep Kishan. Hey, guys. Fun to be here. And our returning panelist. Sanjay S. Gopal.
0: Why do we have to say the full name every time?
1: (laughs) He prefers it that way, so, (laughs) yeah. Come on, it it
0: it, works fine. It's fine. It's no, I, fine. I have no problems, but okay.
1: I mean, we give him the role of panelist, so it's okay. Uh, Let's give uh, him yeah, one yeah. Little, good
0: thing, A Little,
1: at little least. respect. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, little respect. Works. So yeah, those too. are the guests for today's podcast, and it's gonna be an amazing episode because there are a lot of things that we want to talk about, which Chris yes. will now continue with.
0: Usually, we stuck with you know genres and you know all those things, talking about whatever techniques are there, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But for this one, we decided to do something that film has been trying to do since, you know, since day one, which is trying to, uh, trying to, you know, inculcate a sense of appreciation of movies. And I think for this episode, we just want to talk about how exactly can we, instead of just watching a movie, just watching a movie and like, okay, wow, this was nice eating popcorn. Very good. just like trying to understand the elements and what is there to, you know, appreciate film in general.
1: So that's the first topic, that's the topic of our episode, which is the film appreciation. And like with all the episodes that we do, we ask what is the title of the episode. So for this episode also, we would like to continue that. So what is film appreciation and how do we go about it?
3: Well,
2: honestly, for me, uh, not just me, but film appreciation goes beyond, you know, watching a movie in a theater or even coming back. You know, coming back home and, you know, probably sleeping it overnight. And it, I think the real appreciation begins like a day or two later, you know, when you actually feel the impact of the movie lasting a couple of days and it's starting to like weave its ways into the little daily routines of your life, you know, little incidents that you do, little, you know, events that you have as you go about your daily lives. Some part of the film still seems to recur and I think create an impression or make you feel like doing something else rather than the normal choices you would have made in general situations. And that sort of thing is where film, film appreciation begins for me. You know, because it influences our behavior and not just behavior, our values, growth, our culture, our beliefs, our faith, aspirations. You know, you have, I think, at, at a point of time when Pixar was just starting out and you had uh, Toy Story, their first ever movie come out, It was crazy back then because every kid, including me, while we were playing with our toys, you know, all of a sudden we would just announce and I have done this. My mom, my mom, mother used to tell me this, that I would announce to all of my toys, I'm leaving the room. And then I would leave the room and then, you know, like stay outside the room and peek back in to see if my toys start moving. You know, and that for me back then, now I see a kid who truly believed that his toys had life and it made me take care of them better. I had a special relationship with them that, right today, I still cherish. Some of those, you know, little plastic figurines are still there in my cupboards and my shelves. Like wherever I travel, I take them along. And this is where I feel appreciation takes the second step. How it, you know, makes you hold on to different parts of your life. It influences you as a person. You grow. You you gain something from it, and it truly makes you realize nothing is really the same. Once you watch it, that's, yep, that's what I think it is. Oh,
0: I, I, I think like that entire Pixar example makes, you know, complete sense. And I actually didn't think about it in that way because, you know, my entire um, thing with Pixar movies is that like, it's always like every, almost every single movie is about taking an inanimate object and like. I I think I read this in some sort of Tumblr post or something, but, like, taking, you know, an an inanimate object and um, giving giving it feelings. feelings. Yeah, yeah, giving it feelings. We talked
1: about it in the animation episode as well, yeah.
0: Oh, okay. So, I guess that is one way of looking at it, but, you know, that's, I think that also happens when you have, like, a, a good story or, like, you know, like, for example, Toy Story had, like, a good story and at the time, stellar animation, right? And I think yep. that those yeah. aren't the... O- so when, for like all types of movies that we've watched and has like, you know, made an impact on us, um, there are some that stands out not just because of, you know, those two elements. So um, what do you think is um, some more elements that people like look into when they watch a movie? You know, when, when like they start looking, watching a movie and like, you know, other than like the story, because most people are like, dude, I, wa- I watched Inception and it is, you know, the story is mind boggling, blah, blah, blah. But other than stories, what do you think are some other elements?
3: Yeah, so like how you said, the uh, film doesn't have a certain, you know, a limited number of elements to it. I mean, uh, I just saw a quote recently. Uh, I don't remember if it's from Paul Thomas Anderson or David Lynch, but it said, film is a marriage of images, sound, words, and ideas. So obviously, you can't just stick to a plot or a story and call that film appreciation, you know. So you have to consider each and every aspect individually and how they combine to produce a certain effect in the audience. So when you think about it that way, uh, you have to consider how the moving image impacts a particular viewer. You have to consider what sort of a sound can evoke a particular emotion or how one particular story can connect to this audience or the viewer whatever. But then if you think about it, when they all combine, that's when you get the effect of a complete film. So, uh, yeah, all these factors come into consideration.
1: Sanjay, do you have anything to add on to that?
4: I mean, basically all... Just like he said, it's it's all these coming together to you know produce something that you watch for one and a half to two and a half hours and uh, and at the end of that you take something back and uh, like Radha said when the thing that takes you take with you it, it, when it sticks with you, I think that's when you know the movie stays with you. Like we remember some movies we watched as kids. And that's mostly because we took something back from it, right? And uh, th- those are two things the movie has to do. The technical aspects is one side of it. The side where you um, what do you call it you connect with it is another. Um, I think um, I think it all comes together to produce cinema as an art form and then you have to I don't know man. I don't know what to do, say about that. It's just its just something you imbibe, I guess.
1: Or, But see, talking about the different techniques, like uh, in the early days, uh, the silent films were the only thing. Black and white silent films were the only thing. And they were very critically acclaimed, like those of Charlie Chaplin, which to this day people watch and they are like very much to the point and everyone loves them. And now we have a lot more of different techniques that people use. So how has those changed from the past to now? Like what's, what's the changes that we have seen that are much more prevalent today than those that uh, that were long before.
4: Okay. Well, um, we've seen a lot of technology come in, right? Um, If you just take cinematography as an example apart from all the innovation in the camera technology, which there's lots, there's motion capture technology and everything, apart from all of that is, there also has been a change in what we can do with those cameras. Like we went from stationary rigs uh, for the camera setup to dollies in the tracks and followed by jibs and trains. And uh, now we have steady cams that put us right directly into action, you know. Um, all these are enabling a filmmaker to enable, I mean, express his vision, right? However, if you take a movie from the 50s and if you take a movie from this year, almost in most case, in almost in all cases, a high angle shot would be used to convey the powerlessness of the character. I mean, and the low angle shot is used to convey his dominion over the rest of the frame. It's not a hard and fast rule, but that's, that's mostly what the language is, right? So basically the technology, my point being that the technology has um, provided us new ways to read the language.
0: Yeah. So, um, I just, so, talk, so that's just one of the ways, like, as Sanjay said, it was one of the ways where, you know, uh, a high angle shot or a low angle shot can evoke a certain sort of emotion. Cinema as a whole, right, rather than just the sort of techniques that are used, etc, cetera, etc, cetera, it, it gives a sense of, you know, it, it just has this way of a good film has this way of evoking, you know, emotions. And uh, as you know, like the example of Toy Story and, uh, and of course, the further the other examples that we talk about. So what do you guys think about that? What is how? How is that? How do people actually do that?
2: Uh, are you speaking about how a good film manages to invoke emotions in a group of people?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yes, like essentially the essence of cinema on the human emotion. Like what, what's the essence of cinema?
2: I think cinema is human emotion. I mean, cinema plays, weaves and intertwines with your emotions in multiple different ways. I... Okay, you, you want to talk about hope? I'll give you an example of hope. I... um. Uh... And uh, this is something that happened, uh, if I'm not wrong, a week back, which I actually have kept to myself, but this actually felt like a good situation to bring it up. So while conferencing for a committee that I I would not disclose for the sake of the person whose story I'll be sharing right now, it was a UN Women Committee where we were helping multiple first-timers talk about their, uh, you know, basic ideals about violence that happens against women. And one of the women in the committee actually confessed that she had been a victim of sexual violence around two years back around the same time. And when this revelation was made in committee, majority of the delegates started weeping and I, myself, I didn't know what to say being the chairperson of the committee. And I was looking at this delegate and I asked her, I just asked her, how did you get through this? And she told me good cinema guys. Oh, okay. Honestly, I don't know what to tell her. Cinema, good books, and a lot of short stories she'd written for herself had, had gotten her through probably what would have been two of the most difficult years of her life, after which she decided to disclose this at the said venue, where coincidentally I happened to be there. But, you know, you're sitting in a room with an, an- another 2,000 people watching the journey of a person on the big screen, and... I don't think there's any better way to empathize for another person. All of these people feeling the same emotion together, you you get happy with that person. You get sad with that person. You cry for that person. You, you, you secretly hope he succeeds. You secretly hope his enemies fail, you know, hoping that this guy somehow sorts out his problems in life. You know, if it's a guy running away from monster, you hope he makes it. If it's a, if it's a tiny little guy battling the big world out there, you hope he makes it. And that's just the thing sort of empathy, ultimately. Cinema helps you empathize. Even if the two of you, you know, the person whom you're seeing right now has absolutely nothing or is in no way close to be in relation with you, you still manage to empathize because that is what movies do. They make you care. They make you empathize for a fellow person that you might see somewhere. You know, I think if a lot of people watched good cinema, there would be no wars in today's planet. I honestly think so. I don't think... I've ever had the thought to physically hurt or, you know, make emotionally vulnerable anybody after seeing a good piece of cinema. I just want to sit sit by myself and just relax.
0: Okay, so Rahul, you just said something about um, how good cinema cannot, you know, make people um, violent, you know, or cause physical abuse, etc. So I just I just want to bring up this one famous Bollywood movie that came up, and I I don't know if it's uh, but it's kind of recent. I'm talking about Kabir Singh. So a lot of there was this entire debate of whether this movie has to be shown in the audience and whether it'll you know create some sort of impact uh, in terms of you know the message that it's giving, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So what do you guys think about that?
1: Hmm.
2: Sandeep, you wanna take this? Yeah, sure. I'll do do that so like
0: see, i might uh, have given a bad example because of kabir singh but it's like a recent event yeah. but like
3: no actually i wanted to bring up a different example when he said uh, films actually take away this sense of violence from people but then uh, i'll just go to this kabir singh example itself uh honestly i think everybody should have i mean every artist should have their creative freedom to express the things that they want to but then if you think about it Uh, a film like Kabir Singh is not really necessary. It's not needed. I mean, uh, let's take Arjun Reddy, the original film itself. And uh, I don't mean to stereotype, but then uh, personally, I know a lot of people from that particular state who are actually, you know, like... uh, They are kind of misogynistic. That society itself has a sense of misogyny to it. And a film like Arjun Reddy kind of, you know, gives a license to you know, keep on going with their whole, you know, sense of anger or violence towards women. And it also, uh, it doesn't glorify it per se, but then it gives uh, sort of stylization to the protagonist who is actually very violent in nature. So when you see someone like that on the big screen, you obviously think it's okay for you to go and do something like that to, you know, a woman who's close to you. You get what I'm saying, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's all about that. So, uh, I don't think there's a need for censorship here. But then, uh, that's why you need films that actually uh, propagate the right ideas to people. I mean, uh, yeah, Kabir Singh was actually a bad example to bring up when Hmm, we are talking about film. Yeah, okay. But what was the example you were
0: going to talk about?
3: No, no, I was going for something entirely different from cinema, actually. So, I read this somewhere, like, I don't remember when this was, but then... Uh, I heard that uh, Adolf Hitler used to listen to classical music a lot. So, which means he had a high taste in, you know, art or music or whatever it is. So, just because someone watches good cinema or, you know, like they have uh, a very, you know, complex taste in films or something, doesn't actually confirm that they won't go the other way or... Films actually bring a good effect in people. That is true. It helps you empathize, but then uh, it's it's not very efficient, to be honest. I mean, as much as I believe in the impact of cinema, but the, it it doesn't change the world. It kind it kind of makes the world uh, more understanding, you know, more empathetic towards other people's uh, struggle. And
0: can you say it's it's like a bit of like, some movies are just, like, too open-ended too like, either it's it's open to a little too much of interpretation.
3: No, uh, see, the thing is, I honestly believe that uh, films shouldn't actually uh, preach something. They shouldn't tell you what to do next after you watch the film. They should ask you a question when you leave the theater or after you stop watching the movie. Uh, I'll just take the, uh, let's say, Super Deluxe the reason why super deluxe is regarded to that level is because it leaves the audience to actually think about what is right and what is wrong it, uh, it you know it uh, questions good and evil it questions uh, you know uh, the idea of profanity so that that's pretty much it you has to ask the audience something they have to keep thinking about it they have to keep questioning society they are questioning themselves you know that's when you. Uh, that's when a film was actually uh, very fully filling an edge. You
1: know. Okay. Two very opposing points, but the main thing that we can see is like good cinema would, if not entirely remove war, like Raja said, it could, in some ways, minimize it because you try to empathize with people around you. So it could try to empathize, and the main issue that people have is to find that good cinema like there are a lot of commercial flicks right there which are also some are really good cinema but then how do you transition from seeing only those to seeing the real cinema that has that it has to offer like the different films that are like very underrated that have really so good that you must watch it like how do you transition from those and go to watching good cinema movies
4: Um. I think every cinema, uh, I mean, every movie that comes out counts as cinema no matter what. It, it, it's effect. There's, there's obviously the effort and uh, there's obviously the what they call it. Um, the effort and the hard work that goes into each movie that is made. But then um, what people call good cinema and bad cinema is completely subjective. What... what, I think we could make the distinction between mainstream cinema, and uh, cinema that doesn't garner as much following, but are really good. But I think those lines are blurring these days, compared to what they were like five years ago. Like, we talk a lot about... uh, the, The best example for that could be Parasite itself, the worldwide acceptance of Parasite got. Would not have been possible, maybe you know, um, five or ten years ago. The number of people who watch Parasite is, I mean, is just um way, 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 or uh, la- way big when compared to something like Old Boy, two thousand three, right? So in the seventeen years or eighteen years, uh, there's been a growing audience for cinema. That's, that's being released all around the world that's just good cinema I don't um, you you just follow the right circles and you got, get to know about the uh, movies that are releasing worldwide right? you watch you watch more movies and you get to watch even more
3: no I I'll just add on to what Sanjay said uh, no Sanjay mentioned uh, parasite and old boy So uh, if you actually think about it, Parasite is not the greatest Korean movie of all time. But uh, why did that become the first ever Asian movie to win an Academy Award? So a film has to work on three levels, right? So uh, this is actually a quote from Petri He said, film has to work on the first level of science, then business, and then entertainment. So if you take science, it's about how a particular movie emotionally impacts the audience like we discussed. And the second factor is business. Like, the film has to reach every corner of the world. There's no point in making the film if no one's going to watch it. And, of course, then comes entertainment. Uh, entertainment, I can just, you know, like, I can say, you you won't necessarily watch a sad film over and over again as much as you watch a very uh, a cool film or a happy film, you know. So that's the whole basis of entertainment, you know. Watching it with somebody else, that... May not be significant as the first two, but still it counts. So a film has to work on these three levels, regardless of whether it is a commercial mainstream film or if it's an art house, you know, any film. Also. It has to work on all three levels.
0: Yeah, but we can all agree that... What do you think about this? Don't you think like film industries sometimes make movies for just only for financial benefit? And,
3: you know, yeah, not, not just sometimes that is most of the time, actually.
1: Okay. See, no, um, the thing is, uh, whatever Sandeep said about finding those three and now being entertainment being the most prevalent thing out here right now uh, and only making money. Cinema is all about only making money. But there are still films that are really very good that are being released every every few months or so. But people don't find that. How do we look out? Or how do we transition, like, where do we search for these good movies? How can we get into watching these good cinema, like we called it, like, how do we start about it? Because for a person like me who has always like watched only commercial films or like films with a big like, it's just for entertainment purposes. I have just very recently started watching like a good cinema movie, which has so much more to offer than what I have been used to. Like, how do you transition to that? Like, what are the, what can we do to like get into this?
2: See, uh, I think most people or most people, as they're born and during their younger ages, they're mostly subjected to films by Spielberg, James Cameron. You know, you're fascinated by Jurassic Park. You're fascinated by you know, be it Tintin, or be it uh, Indiana Jones, or Titanic, or Terminator, all of this is like a fantasy phase where, you know, you come out into this world, you're full of imagination. And the initial set of directors who take influence on you are probably, like I said, Spielberg and James Cameron. And as you grow as a person, and you know, as you start discovering new forms of cinema, you know, commercial is again, what you would be attracted to, because, you know, considering how majority of our the generation of our parents were more likely to be interested in commercial cinema. That's mostly what you would have had exposure to. And then I think the gateway period is somewhere when you're like 10 or like 10 to 13, 14 years old, where you probably discover this one name called Christopher Nolan. And Christopher Nolan is like this gateway into telling you, you know what, cinema could be commercial, but there's a little more to it. There is something more than this that you might want to discover and when you watch a similar movie and you realize this movie has done something more to me than what happened to me when i watched you know the previous set of movies that i did you realize your taste has evolved you know as you grow as a person your taste evolves as a person when your taste evolves as a person you realize the normal movies that you used to see i think my realization with this happened during my 12th grade or first year of college and around the time i met sandip here because we realized the the crowds around us, the movies that they were watching and the ones that we ended up liking were completely different. So, you know, we started, I think it's just an innate desire to start watching good cinema. So we did what anybody else, you know, would know what to do. We went to Wikipedia, listed out all the directors we knew, started filling, you know, f- finishing off their filmographies like one after another, after another, you know. And after a time, you know, your taste starts growing because, you know, from Christopher Nolan, you'd probably evolve a little up up, and you'd probably move on to, let's say, Hitchcock, you'd go on to Kubrick, you'd go on to, I think eventually you're going on to Tarkovsky or Bergman or, you know, Francois Truffaut or, uh, you know, let's say you've gone to Park Chan-wook or a bunch of other directors that you discover towards the end. And I think, you know, to really transition and search for good cinema, if you have a passion for watching something good, I think that would take us way ahead because I, to be honest, me and Sandip here, all of the movies that we've ever seen, we have sat, we have gone through Wikipedia lists or IMDB ratings and kept like, you know, watch lists for ourselves. You know, during when, when quarantine started or uh, most of our fifth year, me and him were like, I mean, him more than me some days. That dude was like watching six, seven movies a day. And God, Sandip, <laughs> I used <laughs> to think
3: like, <laughs> too much within yeah <laughs>
2: like, dude That's 6 7 no, movies yes, a day. We, we get up it's like breakfast you watch a movie lunch you watch a movie dinner you watch a movie you can't sleep at night watch a movie you know it's that no, that I was think, life at one point of time stuck, in this and
3: discussion we can agree that more than us uh, there's one other guy his name is kichu uh, oh. that oh. man is something else so yeah we can't compete so <laughs>
2: You know, so it's just a desire to watch something good when when you realize the problem is majority, the majority crowd out there when you realize you've gone for a movie and you know, your entire group seems to like it. And you're the only one who doesn't the problem what happens is conformity, you're forced to conform because you want to mingle in with the group and when the entire group likes something you some people forcefully admit, you know, what they saw is actually in, you know, good in when in fact, it might have been terrible. So I mean, I have disappointed a lot of people after a lot of movies they thought were good. I would just come out and, you know, make this completely dissatisfied expression where wherein the people who we went to watch with would eventually feel like, why did I choose them for this movie? Like, you know, like what, Can
0: you give me a, can you give an example? Like, what movie do you think is like super great?
2: Tons about? of examples where, you know, <laughs> when you're going in, you know, <laughs> you're, you're, you're going in with the decent hope of like being entertained for two and a half hours and then some movies, people walk out like their life's been changed and I just walk out having experienced the worst two and a half hours of my life. You know, my head is paining, you know, it's you know, know Sandip gets these back aches or, you know, these bone aches literally inside him where, you know, I think there was this time or, I don't know, Sandeep, you can go on here. Name a movie. Let's, let's, you know, that let's movie. just talk oh. about like
0: movies that are like seriously overrated. Like seriously overrated. Like everyone the no,
3: I think he remembers uh, walking out of the theater in the first half for uh, Shazam. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, Oh, shit. No.
2: (laughs) Like, personally, we have this thing where we... You know, like how Sanjay said, a lot of effort goes into making movies. And, you know, we try to stay till the ending, considering the fact that we have to give respect to those who made the movie, to those who put in the effort and, you know, all the hard work. But, you know, Shazam just proved to be too much, you know. If they took effort for this, I'm not watching this, you know.
4: This,
2: this it came down to that. Way, now. Actually... I don't know if there's a lot of people who appreciate Shazam here, I'm not sure. But, you know, there there was a lot more they could have done good in that movie. Honestly. what,
4: is your, other way, rather,
0: what is your opinion on uh,
4: uh, Batman <laughs> Not <Man is> <laughs> Sh- Justice League.
0: <laughs> not Justice League. Justice League we all okay. collectively shoot on. Not Justice League.
1: Okay, okay BVS, huh? Mm-hmm.
4: All right.
2: Uh, see, now for BBS, I would see there's multiple opinions that can stream in here. But as cinema alone, I would I would only say it is it's way below average in terms of cinema. I mean, as a superhero fantasy movie slash action action flick, something it might be able to satisfy you. Or I would say, in terms of its connection with the comic stories, it would do justice. But when you look at it in terms of cinema, you're not looking at what the comic represents. You're not looking at what the entire just you know texture of that entire scenario is. I'm just looking at it as was it able to interest me for two and a half hours? And the answer was plain and simple, no.
3: No, I don't think we have to actually approach it from a very critical perspective to enjoy. Like uh, <laughs> about it, no, I'm telling you, like uh, if you think about uh, Thor, Ragnarok. It's not proper cinema, but still it did entertain me for those two and a half hours or whatever duration it was. And I'll yeah. keep rewatching it just because it's fun. It's just plain fun, you know. So I don't want a fantasy movie that tries to be, you know. It, it, I don't like movies that are pretentious, basically. And on top of it, if it's like, it's very dull, it's it, it doesn't interest you, you know. It doesn't want to make you sit and continue that duration itself. Then what's the point of watching mm-hmm. it?
0: Okay, I guess we can take a pause in this episode right here. As always, next part comes in next week where we talk about, you know, more movies that led us into watching, you know, film in general and other things.
1: Yeah, till then, follow us on at VITC on our Instagram and let us know what you would like to hear next on our podcast episodes.
0: Till then, this is krishay Kokart.
1: And this is Svejit Vijay.
0: Signing off, adios!